1: This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host,
2: C.P., the NY Fanatic. All right, let's start the stream up. Monday Night Knicks, salute to Knicks Nation. The NBA season, the most chaotic season we've ever experienced, is finally over, and now on to more important things. The Knicks' offseason has officially kicked off, even though we've been there since February. C. from Knicks Fan TV checking in on tonight's episode of the draft Q and A. Tonight's special guest, he is the lead NBA draft scout and writer for Bleacher Report. Jonathan Wasserman in the building. Jonathan, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining tonight.
3: I'm doing good, man. I appreciate the invite.
2: Absolutely, man. So like I said, a chaotic season is officially finished and now we segue into one of the most unpredictable NBA drafts in, in history. And I say that because there's a lot of chatter um, about the top two picks and, and Minnesota and Golden State potentially trying to trade out of it. Um, what do you gather is, is the motivation for these two teams to to trade back potentially? And do you see a potential play here for the Knicks? Obviously, LaMelo being the target, you know, what, what do you think is, is happening here?
3: Yeah, I think the motivation is the fact that nobody loves anybody. Um, and and the Timberwolves, you know, even, even the, the guys who are projected to go high aren't great fits with what they have. And uh, and the same thing with the Warriors. And so the obvious idea here is to trade down for a guy who fits a little bit better and get an additional asset uh, on the side. And, you know, I, I got to imagine um, the Knicks are at least thinking about moving up. It seems like there's a way to get a top two pick in this draft. Um, it seems easier than, than usual than in, in previous drafts. Usually to get a, a number one, number two pick, you have to give up a lot. And in this year, that may not be the case. Um, the question is, is it going to take Mitchell Robinson or R.J. Barrett to get a top two pick? I'm guessing if it does take that, that they, that they won't be willing to put those two guys into a deal. Um, but I'm not sure it may. I'm not sure it may. I mean, it may, it may take future draft picks. It may take a, a bunch of the young guys on the team combination of both. But I think that's really the question, uh, executives are asking right now when they're trying to figure out how this board's is going to play out is we know that Minnesota and Golden State are interesting in moving down, but what is it going to take, um, for them to actually move down?
2: Yeah, you're not the only person who said that the cost might not be as high as previous years. I'm just... The Warriors in particular is very intriguing because I just don't know what their angle is here. You know, do they want to trade down for one of the wings, whether it be a coro, a uh, Vassell, a as they've been rumored to be interested in, do they want to go after a more established piece? You know, is it a, is it a Beal? Um, even though I don't think Embiid will be on the block with Doc getting there, you know, do they want a more established piece to get right back and, and compete with the Lakers there in the West?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I also think they might try and save some money and maybe they'll try and get rid of Wiggins contract. Um, and then also, You know, if we're talking about money too, they might want a a rookie who they're not going to have to pay as much, and probably whoever, whatever rookie they take is not going to be a featured guy in the offense. Um, And so, it may be worth trading down for a a lower price rookie who's maybe a lower maintenance player who can fit in a little bit, like like Halliburton is a name I've heard thrown out, Um, and then guys like you mentioned, Abdia, Okoro, guys you probably don't want to take at number two. Much rather take. You know, number six, number seven, number eight. I don't know what veterans are going to be available, honestly, in, in terms of if trading for a an established guy like right. Drew Holiday or Beal. Like, I just I just can't see a deal working out there. But um, I think it's a lot more likely that they end up moving down a couple spots and actually trading for a star.
2: Yeah. And and as you said, you know, salary cap implications unknown, but uh, a lot, a lot of implications was once that number is set in terms of how teams approach this draft. Um, I'm with you. I I don't see the Knicks being as aggressive in terms of um, throwing RJ or Mitch in the deal for for LaMelo. Um, But that now there is talk, you know, Berman of the Post has, has come out with an article tonight of the Knicks potentially trading down if they don't. Um, get Lamelo. Uh, you know, what what are your thoughts of of a potential trade down in, in this draft?
3: Yeah, I think it's totally plausible. Um, the difference between number eight and number fourteen is nothing, and uh, and there are guys like you know Maxi is going to be the name who's probably thrown yeah. in there um, with Kenny Payne and, and Kentucky, Kentucky connection. connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maxi could easily have a case at number eight. I mean, I have Maxie at number ten on my board, and honestly, the difference between him and, and Vistel for me, who I have at number eight on my overall board, is so so small um and so it'll be interesting to see if they do move down like what they could get for moving down yeah um if there's a you know a young guy who hasn't really taken off with their team you know like a mo bamba probably not exactly mo bamba but Mm -hmm. a guy like that um who's who's you know a good buy low candidate um if they can get someone like that plus move down for somebody like maxi i'm sure they're going to look look at it um but uh you know, I'm I'm still wondering if they're going to look to move up a couple spots, and I think everything is in play here. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's just going to be so many phone calls, and there's you know the teams in front of them, like the Bulls are going to be looking down, probably interested in moving down as well. And I've heard um, the Hawks are are constantly talking about trades, um, and and probably more so looking down than looking to trade up, and so I doubt any deal happens until like middle of the draft or like right before the draft because it's just tough to really pull the trigger with so much uncertainty
2: a lot of uncertainty indeed man salutes everybody in the chat hit that thumbs up button for your boys you know boston is a team on, on the trade down as you said orlando with Mobamba. um berman didn't mention that you know there could be some interest with orlando and dsj dennis Smith jr um but boston with was sitting there with three picks in his draft um not able to feel as many on the roster i think that may be an interesting play in terms of 14 number 14
3: I just heard talk to a source yesterday, and the words he used were, I think they're up to something. I think oh, the Celtics, boy. I think the Celtics are up to something. They didn't have anything of any substance or yeah. any like real deal rumors, but um, you know, with three picks, nobody expects them to make three picks. Right. So the question is what they're going to do with it. And um, it would make sense for them to, if they like love one guy. <laughs> and I keep bringing up Halliburton, and I know I got a lot of shit. Honestly, yeah, for yeah
2: we'll talk about that.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, but I'll tell you right now, everybody loves Halliburton. Wow. Uh, even if they don't see a star player, they just nobody sees any stars in this draft really. Mm-hmm. Even you know, even Lamelo has a lot of skeptics in terms of how high his ceiling can go, and so uh, I think the bar is kind of low. And and Halliburton is just a guy who is so low risk and fits for everybody. And I, I won't keep using his name, but but if the Celtics see a guy like that or, or Okoro, who's just such a you know a good fit anywhere, you can throw him in multiple positions don't have to have a certain roster for them to come in. And, and so uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'd imagine Boston I'm, – I'm imagining that there's somebody that they like that's probably not going to fall to 14, that they're going to, you know, look to see to if jump. they can package yeah. a couple picks and, and move up. Yeah.
2: Now, now in your mock draft last week, as you alluded to, you did um, put a hypothetical trade scenario there where you would have the Knicks trading up to four with the Bulls for Halliburton in exchange for eight, uh, Kevin Knox, and I believe 38 – uh, now the Knicks fans were coming for you, man. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to stave them off, man. Tell them to fall <laughs> back. But your explanation was more so, like you said that, um, that there is a lot of talk that that the the execs are high on Halliburton. I'm just if he, you know, not to say that he wouldn't necessarily fit with the Knicks. I just feel like he can't run the offense um, on this team, and they're still gonna have to go out and get a point guard even after taking him. Sure,
3: I, I agree, and and you know, if you look at my personal board, I have Halliburton at number 12 and I have Killian Hayes at number two, but that's just not how most NBA guys see it. Yeah. And and I think, uh, I think again, there's something about Halliburton and it's, it's not just his high IQs uh, and his passing and um, the intangibles and and the fact that he's, I know it's a cliche and the buzzwords, but like, he's the type of guy who makes guys better. Mm. Um, And if you hear an interview, he's just like an a plus interview, Mm. high character guy. And again, in this draft, and I, one guy I talked to said his team is putting more stock into intangibles this year than any other year because it's so hard to identify the talent mm. that they'd rather just get a a, a good safe. teammate, uh, a safe pick who, who again, can fit in anywhere. And I think with Halliburton, yeah, I have a lot of questions about whether or not he is a lead point guard. I actually like him better as a two guard, right. putting him so next to um, so a, a faster breakdown guy who can – we can get into the lane. And that's really the big concern with Halliburton. Can he blow by guys? Can he shoot right. off the dribble? I'd probably say no to both of those questions, but he's a good secondary playmaker. And I think with Halliburton, he gives your team flexibility in the rebuild. So you can draft Halliburton and then still go out and get a point guard. Or you could right. draft Halliburton and still go, get, go out and get an explosive two guard. Like you could do a lot of different things with him. Um, and so I think that's what makes him so attractive. And again, I just, when I did that hypothetical trade, first of all, it's just for fun. Yeah. This is not any rumor. And, and I, I don't, I'm not like putting money on that happening, and I don't even <laughs> think it should happen. But I'm just telling you, guys love Halliburton, mm. and the love for Killian Hayes is stronger on Twitter than it is in real life. Interesting. And, and so um, I'm betting if the Knicks had a choice between Halliburton and Killian Hayes, from what I hear, the Knicks and other teams would take Halliburton. Wow. Um, wow.
0: Um,
3: and so that's just, you know, I was just playing around with that. And uh, if the Knicks did love Halliburton, I think the cost of getting him First of all, Knox, I'm sure everyone still has some hope for him. Yeah. Like his value is none. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah, no, no.
3: Listen, potential is great. Potential is, but if you've shown no proof of reaching it after two seasons, the potential kind of expires. And I think people have a lot of questions about whether Knox just gets it, whether he has a field. So his value is limited. And then of course I just threw in the number 38 pick cuz what the hell if that's what they really needed to get the job done if the mm-hmm. Bulls were like in order to get this deal done you have to throw in the 38 pick or it's not going to happen I'm guessing the Knicks would throw in the 38. Pick.
2: How would your your top 5 big board for the Knicks? Let's say let's say the big three are gone. Let's say LaMelo Wiseman uh Edwards are gone. What would your top 5 look like for for the Knicks if if you were picking?
3: So, you know, I guess my personal strategy is like the you have to go best player available and Phoenix have a blank canvas roster. I mean, yeah. you just have to be realistic here and Start don't from know. Yeah, I mean, listen, we like I like Mitchell Robinson. He's a good prospect. He's a starting caliber player. Uh RJ Barrett, I mean, we just it, had a decent rookie season. I mean, I, we just have no idea where their trajectory is from here. And to not take a player because he plays a similar position as RJ Barrett or Mitchell Robinson is like crazy. It's like if the if you know, I always go back to this Miami Heat. You know, they had Whiteside. Imagine if they're like, we're not going to take out a bio because yeah. we have Whiteside. You know, like you have to take the best player available um, for a team like the Knicks. So anyway, Killian Hayes would be the best player available to me. Like I said, he's number two on my board. Um, I, honestly, I have Okangu not far behind him, and I know Okangu and Mitchell Robinson can play together. But for the same example of why Miami should have taken Bam when they had Whiteside, I mean, I take Okangu, who I think is a better prospect than Mitchell Robinson. Um, and then you move down the board. I have to check to see who my guys are. I mean, Obi Toppin, I I, I understand why there are some people hesitant on Obi Toppin, but um, he's number five on my board. Um, I talk to a lot of guys around the league and they all love him. And I trust some, I I trust some of the NBA guys and, and some of the scouts, and and um, and they just don't have. The questions that you see on Twitter, and of course, yeah, defense
2: is a yeah, big the deal. questions but- on the defense and the age and, and all of that. Yeah,
3: but, you know, if, if Toppin's averaging 23 and 9 on 55% shooting, as long as you can find a way to kind of mask some of his defensive questions, it's not a big deal. And so, again, you have to think the Knicks are starting from scratch. You take Toppin and then build around Toppin. Uh, and by the way, Toppin and, and Mitchell Robinson is kind of an interesting combination, yeah, have, with, yeah. with Tom and top uh Mitch protecting the rim behind him, but, um, otherwise I I kind of
2: feel like he can help you know, Mitch can help protect him in in that way.
3: Yeah. And and on the flip side, I've also heard, like I talked to a scout yesterday. who was like, you got to play topping at the five. He can't, he can't guard around the perimeter. So that's another kind of hiccup in in his fit. But at the same time, I still think personally topping is top five on my board. So if he's there, you got to take him. I'm telling you, he won't be there for the next So it's not even really worth talking about. Um, and, and then in terms of guys who will be there, I think Devin Vassell, uh, both both Florida State guys, to me, are, are kind of in the next little tier there. And and Denny Adia as well. But I, I don't think Denny is going to be there from what I'm hearing. Every, people love Denny, or at least relatively speaking in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone, like Halliburton, just sees such a safe pick and such a pro. He's not going to slip to eight. But Vassell and Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams, I think, is the, the sexier, more upside guy. Vassell is the safer 3 and D guy. Reminds you a lot of Mikhail Bridges but every team could use a guy like Mikael Bridges. And I think in this draft with the uncertainty, you bank on the certainty that Devin Vassell brings with the shooting and defense. And then Patrick Williams is just like more of a fun pick, more of a home run swing. There are not too many guys with his body. You know, he's got like a, like a Jay Crowder type body, but he also handles and pick and rolls. He shoots off the dribble. Um, he's a more explosive around the basket. So, and he's also the youngest NCAA prospect in the draft. So, um, I'm high on those two Florida State guys.
2: You know, I I definitely agree with the best play available take, um, and and I could see this draft. You know, going with the safer pick, uh, including a Vassell would would be the right thing to do. Um, Knicks need everything, like you said. They they're, they're painting with a blank canvas right now. I just look at the the point guard position right now. Uh, when you look at when you factor in that Peyton, Frank, and DSJ were you know horrific in the in the pick and roll um you know the half court offense abysmal you're trying to figure out you know rj barrett and, and his his shooting deficiencies how he works around that you know if hayes is there between hayes and vassell i i gotta lean towards the point i gotta yeah. lean towards the point man i need we need an engine to get this offense going man
3: yeah no and i, I would do the same thing um even though if, if i'm thinking you know trying to picture what Leon Rose is thinking. And if they're really taking um, like details into account, you know, killing Hayes, his big weakness is is three point shooting. Mm-hmm. And so the big concern is, okay, do I build a big three, the three guys and none of them are good shooters right. with, with RJ, Mitch and killing Hayes. And by the way, killing Hayes is not a very good decision maker either. So there are kind of questions about like, you know, giving the ball to a 19 year old kid from France who had a sky high turnover rate and can't shoot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, on paper, that sounds like a bad decision. On the other hand, we're thinking long-term here, and Hayes, to me, is a top-five prospect in this draft, and the Knicks can't afford to pass on that.
2: Yeah, I, um, in terms of Vassell, you know, you, you watch film on him. What do you make of, you know, his ability to potentially inch out more than just, um, you know, stationary or just a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter? What, what do you think about his ability to, to get it done off a of movement or even create plays for others?
3: I don't buy the creating plays for others. I don't think he's going to be somebody – he give the ball to in, in ball screen situations or certainly not isolation. But um I'm buying his pull-up game. I mean, he improved uh I think he made 31 pull-ups on 38% this year. He's got that really high release and get it up over anybody. Um, and I love the jump from one year to the next. He's young. I, I hear a ton of great things about him off the floor in terms of a guy who people think can maximize his potential. Um, I don't think he's he's ever gonna be a like a top option in an offense. Um I think maybe the hope would be like you know, best case, and obviously this would be amazing if he turned into Chris Middleton, but that type of scorer who is not necessarily super featured but just finds a way to get you 20 points off different actions. Uh, I think more realistically, his ceiling is a little bit lower than that, but uh, I'm buying the defense. Yep. I mean, it's not only does he have the athleticism to make all the flash he plays on the ball, but he is so damn smart and he just sees plays before they happen on and off the ball team defender on ball defender. Like there's just no way he's not going to be a good defender. Uh, and of course, back-to-back years, 40% from three. And now the question is, what can he, you know, build off the dribble? And I think he's got that one, two dribble pull-up game. We saw a couple flashes of step backs here and there. Um, it's really, you're really guessing, honestly, like how much better he's going to get in terms of creativity and one-on-one scoring. And mm-hmm. I really can't confidently answer that, but I think it's a bet worth taking given his floor and who else is going to be on the board at number eight?
2: Yeah, and and as you said, the defense, you know, especially when you look at the division. And, and again, next year it could be um, stacked with division games. You look at KD coming back. You look at, you know, Ben Simmons with his size, a Siakam on Toronto. You look at what, you know, Jalen Brown and Tatum. Obviously, you know, you, you're not going to have a, a shutdown defender, but we got to get smarter on the defensive end as well. And I think if if you can, you know, have your, your defense surrounded with Mitch the the length with Vassell and the athleticism there I think that's that's that would be a good start I, I would yeah. mind that
3: I also think with Vassell like no matter what they do in free agency for the next five years they can they can always use a three and D wing like, right. every team could always use a three and D wing and they're not so easy to just pick up in free agency yeah um, and so they can bank on Vassell for the next you know four years of his contract being a cornerstone part of their rotation, regardless of who they add. He doesn't have to fit with anybody else. Like they could just always Mm -hmm. use a guy like that.
2: Now a guy that uh, I've heard that is dropping. And and you would also mention that early last week is Cole Anthony. What are you hearing about Cole, man, that, that uh, these execs are so sour about?
3: Yeah, they really cooled on him. Um, Mm -hmm. And more so than I have. I mean, like I haven't totally jumped off the wagon. And I think we kind of knew, you know, where he's struggling. We kind of knew that was going to come. And he, got injured midseason, and his team finished like 300 and three-point shooting. There's no spacing there. But I think there's something about his demeanor and, and maybe a little arrogance over confidence. Um, and uh, he just turned a lot of people off this year. Um, and uh, most of the guys I talked to are like just totally just not interested, right. at least with a, with a high pick. And I know I tweeted out the other day, I talked to an executive who had him 35 on his board and, and a couple other guys I talked to who expect him. To fall outside the lottery, and um, you know there could always be one team who's just like sitting there hoping that like 29 other teams totally sour on him, and he still goes, you know, to the to the Kings or something like that at 12 or or to Boston. Um, you know, I always picture Denver as a team who who kind of like just sits there and waits for all these guys to fall to him, and then they just buy low. Mm-hmm. But but teams definitely are are cooling on him, and there's definitely he's definitely lost support as at least a lead guard. And so, like, obviously you don't – I guess the big question is you don't want him coming in and running your offense right? with his decision-making, with his – and I don't think shoot-first mentality is such a bad thing in today's league anymore, mm-hmm. but he really has never had the reputation of making guys around him better. And uh, he certainly didn't help eliminate that reputation in North Carolina. Um, and he didn't – you know, obviously his, he was horrible around the basket His field goal percentage is like seven in general, and he he didn't shoot threes at at the highest clip. He just, like, numbers-wise, he really didn't do much. Uh, He wasn't really great in any one area. And uh, if if he's going to be your lead guard, I think you have a lot of
2: questions. Yeah, I I would certainly question, you know, um, fit. You know, especially starting off, you know, starting off if you, if you were to come here. But uh, yeah, you're not you're, you're not the only one who's um soured on him or at least he- hearing that uh, the execs are soured on him. So interesting for Cole Anthony. Now, there's a lot of talk that, you know, a lot, you know, the value in this draft is, you know, between the 20s to 40s or 15 to 40s, whoever you, depending on who you speak to. Knicks are at 27. Uh, they're mm-hmm. also at 38. Who were some names that you like, you know, within those ranges? So it's
3: funny, you mentioned like the Knicks have to come away with a point guard and I think they might get better value you know, for point guards unless unless Killian Hayes falls to him. Um, but other than Killian, assuming LaMelo is gone and they can't get him in a, in a trade, I think there's some good point guard options at 27. I mean, I'm a big Malachi Flynn fan from, mm. from uh, San Diego State. I have mm. the top 20 on my board and um, I think the, the love is starting to become contagious. I'd almost now be surprised if he does last to 27, but he's somebody who I'd certainly say is a great fit. I'll take Cassius Winston at 27. Uh, I know he's a guy who, who has a really good chance to be there just based on tradition. These senior point guards tend to slip and uh, they kind of get viewed as backups, you know, like Jalen Brunson, Devontae Graham, Malcolm Brogdon, mm-hmm. and uh, another guy who I think you could just buy low on and amazing shooter and just a smart passer, high intangible guy. Um, Desmond Bain from TCU is somebody who I think is probably should be a target for a playoff team as somebody who can come and help right away. But at the same time, I think if you're the Knicks, Bain is a guy who's talking to teams he's selling himself as Joe Harris. Like That's the mm-hmm. comparison he's using for himself to teams. Um, and, and uh, you know, a shooter, a high IQ guy like that, moves the ball, plays good team, smart defense. Um, I think he's a, a good fit at 27. Um, Tyrell Terry, to me, I don't think will be there at 27. I've moved him into my lottery. But there are, still, there are still some people who are – who are hesitant on, on Terry. Mm-hmm. I think that might change after the NBA combine. His camp has been pushing out to me and other guys that he's grown to six, three and added 20 yeah, pounds.
2: So they said he packed on some, some pounds and some muscle there.
3: Yeah. And so if that's the case, um, I'd imagine 27 would, he won't be there, but he's a guy, maybe if you're the Knicks, he package 38 and 27 to try and move up to get Terry to me. He's, a lottery talent in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I like Jamias Ramsey, somebody who hasn't really been talked out, talked about much.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and he, he could easily be there at 27 and, and the Knicks who, you know, kind of like when they took Mitchell Robinson and, and like, he was kind of like a risk reward play. The, the reward was the ups. There was obvious upside with Mitchell. There's upside with, with Ramsey for a guy who was projected to be a, a fringe first rounder. He's six, four good athlete, Big-time shot-maker, scoring instincts, 42% from three. He makes bad decisions. He has defensive lapses. Mm. Uh, but I think for a, a number 27 pick, a freshman with his body and shot-making ability, and he's got a great foundation to build off if he gets the right coaching. And the Knicks just put a lot of stock into their player development with their new hires. So uh, Ramsey is a guy I think has a lot of potential and if he gets the right coaches around him, he can maximize it.
2: A little bit of instant offense. I certainly wouldn't mind that. And we're talking to Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report. So to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. If you guys got questions for Jonathan, hit us up. 657-383-1509 is the number to call in. So to everybody in the chat once again. Um, it was announced by Shams today that um, starting October 16th, I think for the next month, the prospects are going to begin um, in-person workouts for the teams. Um... With so much time that has elapsed, how much do you factor those workouts in? You know, guys have had time to work on their game. They've, you know, worked on their size or or whatever weaknesses. How much do you think teams are are factoring in those individual workouts in terms of how that affects their board?
3: More than ever. And Mm -hmm. normally I'm like, you know, don't put much stock into the workouts. Don't watch the videos of the seven footers dribbling between the legs and banging threes. This year, put stock into it. I mean, these scouts are like anxious to do their job because they have been doing nothing for a long time. And a lot can, I've really, a lot can actually change from, you know, seven months since they played and guys have had nothing to do. You know, this they don't have the same social lives to distract them. So guys have been in the gym. They got nothing else to do, but work on their games, their shots. And so, uh, I think, I think teams are going to put more stock into these workouts than, than in a, in a typical year. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see if if any guy can actually move the needle for themselves. And I'm, I'm sure there will be. You know, our, of course, uh, Ian Begley put out that article. You know, the other day about R.J. Hampton working with Mike Miller. And R.J. Hampton, I mean, if suddenly he becomes a good shooter, that's like a total swing skill. Yeah, that would totally change your opinion of him as a prospect. And um, his shot looked a little different. I, I mean, I know it's just the workout, but he only played like 15 games overseas. And if he's able to convince a team that he's changed his shot and he's worked on it and, and suddenly he's got a much better chance to be a, a plus shooter, I mean, that's a big difference in your evaluation. So I think, yeah. I think teams are actually going to put stock into workouts when normally we'd say, like, you know, don't, don't get too excited.
2: Yeah, and and you mentioned R.J. Hampton, my guy. Uh, NBA Draft Junkies, he was down in in Dallas with Tyler Ralph and and R.J. Hampton, and uh, recorded that his his most recent workout, and and he was pretty impressed. He was pretty impressed with the shot adjustments. Um, a lot of the scouts are are uh, liking the tweaks that he's making, and um, yeah, you, you're certainly seeing some um, lottery or or a little bit later for for R.J. Hampton in terms of the latest mocks. So, uh, that that's certainly going to be interesting to see. Let's go to... Um, we got a super chat in here from KaiserSoci7180. He says, Aaron Neesmith, the best shooter available. Now, he was shooting about 50-something percent from three. Limited sample size. What's your thoughts on, on Neesmith going into this thing?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously the numbers are ridiculous. 52% in 14 games. So, I mean, that's like 14 games is like long enough to be a hot streak. Mm. So... He shot thirty-two percent last year. I mean, it, it was it was a ridiculous fourteen games. The problem I have with Neesmith is that he really doesn't do anything else. Mm. He doesn't add value anywhere else. Now, if he shoots fifty-two, anywhere close to fifty-two, obviously he won't shoot fifty-two percent in the NBA. But if he shoots forty-two percent every single year, he'll always have a job and he'll always have a role. Um, I just he had thirteen assists in five hundred minutes this year. He mm. doesn't put the ball down. He was thirteen of thirty-seven on pull-ups. Um, he's just really just a total catch and shoot guy and that's fine, but I think you have to really, you know, put a cap on his ceiling in terms of if he goes to a good team where he could just, you know, run off screens. I mean, he was 51% off screens, 49% off the catch. He was unbelievable this year, but again, 14, 14, games, his team lost like, Six of his, I think six or seven times of the 14 games he played and five of them were to like shitty non-conference teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Stackhouse drew up some really good plays for him. So he had a lot of good open looks. Um, I'm not saying he's not a good shooter. He's definitely a good shooter. But I think if we're talking about the Knicks at number eight, I think that would be a, a major reach. I have him more as a guy in the 20s.
2: Got to be a bit more ro- well-rounded for sure. Um, shout out my guy, Robert Parrish. He sends in a super chat. He says, uh, Tibbs ain't starting no rookie except for Obi. <laughs> 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 I think that was a, a response to the Killian Hayes talk. Um, yeah, interesting. You know it, It's going to be interesting to see how Tibbs you know, formulates his roster and, and his philosophy if, if they go vet heavy. Um, Begley did say that, you know, the feeling was that they're going to put a roster together that competes for something. And it's not just going to be, you know, it's not going to be about tanking or, or just all the way development. You know, Tibbs was on the record as saying in regards to, you know, Frank Nelkina and Dennis Smith Jr. He said, yeah, you know, their play development is important, but the team development is even more important. So, um, you know, I say that to say because a lot of fans are, are taking a lot of stock into this new player development philosophy that, you know, they're trying to implement here and the Johnny Bryan's and Kenny Payne's But I, I'm just not sure, you know, all these young guys are just not going to, I don't think they're all going to be here. And, and to think that they're all just going to, you know, take this next step into being, you know, great players on this team. You know, I think we got to pump the brakes a little bit.
3: Yeah, and I honestly don't think, and I've said it from the beginning, I don't really think the Knicks are going to take Killian Hayes. I just don't see them pulling the trigger on, and for the exact reasons I said before, you're going to take a, is going to take a rookie point guard who can't shoot and makes bad decisions and ask him to run the team. I just, I feel like he's going to not want that as his starting point guard. And uh, he'd rather them sign, you know, a guy who's one of those journeymen. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, can Killian make the guys around him better as a 19 year old with his particular weaknesses? I think they're going to have too many questions. And God forbid they screwed up taking another French point card. <laughs> oh, uh,
2: I, S- I, see you later. Season tickets. Add
3: it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, Leon Rowe's first big move, I just think there's too much pressure to make that call unless they're like so certain. Yeah. that he is a star caliber point guard because point guards, that's another thing. Like if you're going to take a point guard, top 10, you better be damn sure. He's going to be like yeah. a, a top 15 starting NBA point guard, right? Because you don't want to take a, a point guard at number eight. And he ends up being like, you know, a good backup. That, that would be bad.
2: Um, how about, and we're going to get to the call. I See some callers coming in. How about Lewis? Um, I see some guys feel like he's in that eight to 14 range. You haven't mentioned what What's your thoughts on, on Carol Lewis?
3: So I like Kyra Lewis. Um, I don't like him at number eight. And I, I kind of compare him to to Dennis Schroeder. Mm. I think that's – you know, and he's a good player. He had a great year this year, Schroeder. Um, I think he's a good uh, – I think Lewis is going to be a good point guard in the NBA, but not a star point guard. And I just wonder if it's worth taking a good point, like which for the same exact reasons. Like I don't think he elevates the roster. I don't think he moves the needle for the Knicks. And number eight, if you can get him as your second player in this draft, yeah. you know, if they can take somebody at eight and then find a way to package 38 and 27 and somebody else move up and get mm-hmm. Lewis, that's fine. Um, but I think to, to bank on like the next five years of your, of, of this rebuild, bank on Lewis being your starting point guard. I have too yeah. many questions about his decision-making. I have too many questions about his ability to execute efficiently as a finisher, as a, as a, as a playmaker, as a shooter. I mean, I, again, I think he's, he's going to be able to put points on the board. He's going to be able to create opportunities, but for him to have the ball in his hands for 30 minutes, and this is the guy you're trusting to run the offense, yeah. I'm not buying it.
2: Well, whether it's Kira or it's Hayes, you know, I, I think ideally for me, you know, whether they make the ball trade and hopefully they, they don't, you know, Pay too much, um whether it's Paul, whether it's Conley, whether it's a, a DJ Augustine or, or Jeff T or something like that. I still think having a kid that you can develop under those guys yeah. would serve them well for the future because it's just we just have not solved the point guard problem in so many years. And I think w- without having that engine, when it, when it comes to that team development, I, I think you're going to suffer.
3: Yeah, and that's you know having the draft before free agency. Like if the Knicks. We knew who the Knicks got in free agency. It would be a lot easier to talk about who they should draft.
2: That's a fact, and, I, and I'm advocating that it should be the other way around. I think for your yeah. free agency, should come first, um, and, then the, and then the draft. All right, let's go to the phone. So, to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you. Guys. We got uh, 877 on the check-in, creeping up on 900 people. Salute to everybody watching, once again, make sure to share these videos. Remember, these videos are available in audio podcast format as well. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, and Stitcher. All right, let's go to the West Coast. Josh is with us. Josh, how you feeling, bro?
1: Feeling good, CP. How you doing, And John, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. What's going on, man? Um, first point I want to make is... Oh, sorry about that. First first point I want to make is, uh, you know, I, I don't understand the obsession with the, the Knicks, you know, trying to go out or Knicks fans wanting the Knicks to, you know, go after a point guard in the draft. Um, I think now more and more uh, the NBA is becoming more positionless and you're just seeing big men bringing the ball down the court. And you're seeing... Well, any any one of the positions bring the ball up the court and set up the offense. So um, I really don't understand where that's coming from. Um, as far as that proposed trade earlier, trading up to the number four spot for Halliburton, um, I don't. I, I agree with you, CP. I think the Knicks need to go out with the best player available, and Halliburton at four won't be the best player available. I think that would be Toppin. Uh, I called before, and I'm all in on the Knicks getting Opie Toppin. And the last thing I want to, I have a question for Jonathan. Um, what are the chances that the Knicks trade? their later two picks, the uh, 27 and 38, and maybe one of the other younger players to get up in the lottery and get two picks in the lottery. So keep eight and trade away their two later picks plus, you know, something else so they can have two draft picks in the top 10. Thanks.
2: Appreciate the call, man. Jonathan, what's what your takes on, on his trade uh, proposal? Yeah, I mean, it
3: really depends on if there's a guy that they love, right? So like if they, if there's somebody that they love at 14, you know, they think that, he's he's worth moving up for i just don't i don't know who it's going to be and and the problem with this draft and like a trade like that probably wouldn't go down till the last second because teams have no idea who's going to be on the board who's going to be off the board um so it's just so hard to predict uh if if they would do that who they do it for and they're not going to have any idea who's going to be there so it's that's why these trades this year are going to be so crazy and and so hard to predict and and Teams are going to have like a million different scenarios. I'm sure the Knicks probably have a scenario. Like you're right. There's no doubt in my mind that the Knicks have wrote down and talked about the possibility of moving those two picks up for player X. I don't know who player X is, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure they said, okay, if player X is on the board, let's talk to, you know, let's talk to San Antonio about like moving down and and taking these two picks and just seeing like, if he's on the board, let's pull this straight off. But um, it's a lot of hypotheticals and there's just no possible way to know Um, if they're going to go down and and what would go down. A lot
2: of hypotheticals, you know, on on the point guard topic, I think with me, Josh, it's, I'm not a point guard or bus guy, but as I said to Jonathan prior to this, I think it's important to start that process. Maybe not for the starting point guard, but get a guy into the system. We continue to patchwork these guys. Alfred Payton, he stinks. He's a backup <laughs> point guard. You know what I mean? Like, Frank, I love Frank. I love. I think he can be a nice glue guy for Tibbs, but I don't see him as a starting point guard. We need an engine. I think people looked at everybody's not Jokic. You know, Jokic has established himself as a top 5, top 10 player in this league. He's a phenomenal uh, uh, floor general for that team. Everybody's not banned with those skills. I think, you know, the point guard issues would doom the Clippers in the, in the bubble. I still think when, when things bog down, you need that engine that can collapse that defense, get you guys easier shots, especially when the defenses are, are adjusting to what you're doing out there so that you're not just settling for isolation. I, I think it's important until you can, you know, get that that game changer that you know, defenses actually respect. Nobody respects anybody on the Knicks that, that handles the ball. That that's just my opinion. All right. Um back to the phones. Let's go to um Baltimore. Justin, what's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing, man? I'm back again. I just wanted to
5: ask a question. Wanna ask a question about Jaden McDaniels. Um, what do you think of him as a prospect? you think he can be an actually good pro? Um, I also want to talk about Obi Toppin. Do you think the Knicks should trade Julius Randle and try to pick up Obi Toppin because he can stretch the floor? And my last question is, what do you think about the 2021 class? Who do you think the Knicks should target? I know it's a little
3: early. <laughs> it's, it's not too early for that question. The Knicks should do everything to get Cade Cunningham. If the Knicks should get Cade Cunningham, uh, you know, the, the whole narrative shifts on, on the Knicks rebuild. Like I think Cade Cunningham will be at Oklahoma state is, uh, is one of the best prospects I've ever, I've scouted since doing this. Mm. And not only is he a phenomenal prospect, but he's a six, eight point guard whose signature is making guys around him better. And he's added a three ball and like Cunningham is just, you know, he's in that, you know, there's Zion, there's Anthony Davis. Like he's in that level, I think of prospect. And of course, Doncic as well. But um yeah. So, so, and, and by the way, yeah, I love Obi Toppin too. I mean, I am in top five and I certainly rather have Toppin over Julius Randle. So if there's a way that they could unload that Randall contract and find a way to move up for Toppin, sure. I'm in. Um, and, and Toppin's going to, you're going to need to trade up. He's not slipping to number eight. There's too mm-hmm. many teams that like him. And in fact, I think if you want to make a long shot bet he, for number one, pick in the draft, like, you know, put $5 to win, whatever it is. Like Toppin is that guy because there are teams who have him top two, and, uh, and and people people really like top him. They're not so concerned with the defense. As for Jaden McDaniels, so I've watched Jaden McDaniels for a long time. Man, I've seen him courtside in high school. You watch him during warmups, and you're like, this kid is a top five pick. He's got every tool and skill for a six nine combo forward slash wing, and then he shows up half the time mm. on the court. And um, you know, things that bother me. He's 6'9, and he shoots 40% from the field and averaged over three turnovers per game. Uh, you know, his highlights are amazing. His lowlights make you want nothing to do with him. Mm. And there's been a lot of questions dating back to high school about his motor, his intensity. He drifts out there. And those are the fact that we saw them at Washington this year is, is concerning that he couldn't get rid of them. Having said that, you can't ignore the talent. I mean, again, he's 6'9, he handles and picking and rolls. He's got a sweet stroke from three. He can create his own shot. He makes exciting defensive plays. Like if he puts it all together and, and he just locks in mentally and he maybe he gets a good coaching staff around him that can help maximize his potential, then yeah, he's an NBA player. But honestly, the downside, when I think of the worst case scenario for Jaden McDaniels, I think of Kevin Knox.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We had we have enough of that already, man.
3: We love the idea of right. Kevin Knox coming out of Kentucky, right? The idea of a six-nine jumbo wing who could shoot the three and, and attack in straight lines and play some pick and roll. But that idea was never realistic. He couldn't execute like a guard. And so that's kind of the same thing with my fear with Jane McDaniels that we love the idea of him, but he doesn't really have the substance. He's not really going to yeah. be able to execute the the flashes, the highlights, but yeah, a lot of talent. I, I just think, um, I, I just really question whether or not he can maximize it.
2: High risk, high reward, man. Um, yeah. Let's go back to the phones, Ron from Long Island. What's going on, Ron?
1: How's it going, my guys? Uh, How you doing, bro? You kind of uh, brought it up already in regards to, um, I wanted to know if Killian Hayes was Frank 2.0, and if he was, I definitely wouldn't <laughs> want to pick him in the draft.
4: <laughs> so that
1: being said, um, I think at eight, I um, I don't think the Knicks should be focusing on a point guard. They should go for a guy like Okoro, and maybe at 27, get a guy like uh, RJ Hampton or uh, Cole Anthony. What do you guys think?
3: I mean, if you can get Cole Anthony at 27, sign me up. Uh, so so Okoro, I know, has, has gotten a lot of buzz about a possible pick for the Knicks. Uh, and, and I'll give you the pros and cons. Like the pros are the Knicks need toughness, right? They need defense. They can just bank on Okoro being one of those guys who's probably going to stick in the league forever just by making life difficult for opposing wings and forwards and, uh, you know, a good locker room guy. And just, uh, again, total toughness. I talked to a scout yesterday who is like somebody's going to reach on him, just like they did with Justice Winslow
2: mm.
3: on, on the intangibles. And like you love, you love his his energy and his defense, but the track record of players who shoot below thirty percent from three and seventy percent from the line, the track record of them improving as shooters is really bad. And yeah. so I think you, you, I mean, best case, I think you hope from in terms of shooting development, Jalen Brown. He's still not a good shooter. I don't think I haven't seen his numbers lately. I think he made a nice jump later in his career, yeah. but I think you really have to like he really has to make a lot of improvement offensively to hold enough value offensively. I mean, one of the reasons I like Okoro offensively, he shoots 60% inside the arc, he doesn't really take bad shots. Um, he's a very good finisher around the basket, but for a guy, for a wing player, a perimeter guy, he doesn't really create much. Um, and he doesn't really score off the dribble away from the basket, and he's not really stretching your defense, him and Barrett next to each other.
2: <laughs> Brutal. With, I, said it's, Mitch, I said it's a New York bricks, man. That's going to be tough to watch.
3: Yeah, with Mitch clogging, tough not clogging, watch, Lane, but, but standing around. I mean, you really have to feel – if you're building around Okoro and RJ and Mitch, you really have to fill the gaps with, like, the perfect puzzle piece shooters um, right. to make it work. And so I just have Too many, too many problems um, with Okoro, even as even though I said best player available, like I don't think he's the type of I think he's the type of guy where Okoro is a lot more attractive if he goes to a good team Like, like Draymond, like Draymond Green, you know, is you put him in Golden State and suddenly you have this star five tool type of guy but you put Draymond Green on the Knicks and we're probably not talking about the same Draymond Green.
2: I I agree with you a hundred percent, man. I think a a standalone prospect, I think he's fine. Defense is our calling card, right? You and I around the same age, we, we, our first words growing up was defense. So we we know, we know what, what a guy like him would bring to MSG, but man, you know, you talk about, you throw him, RJ and Mitch in there. I, I can't have two guys that need to figure it out shooting wise and get it together from the free throw line and that's their calling card you, you know rj he's gonna bully his way to the line or coro the same way but you know we, we we gotta earn it those are free points so tough 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 fit man tough fit um all right couple more questions for jonathan let's go to uh yonkers y.o um joe's with us joe what's going on Hi, uh, what's happening TP? how you
6: doing buddy how are you doing, Jonathan? Good, man. Um, How are you like feeling? I have a couple of questions actually for you. Um, I was looking there. I've seen a lot about teams looking to actually trade their picks to get rid of uh, bad contracts due to the salary cap going down. Um, I was just wondering if you heard anything about what teams might be actually looking to trade their picks with bad contracts. And would you think that the Knicks would be interested in taking on salaries with the contracts? And another one about uh, what do you think about Sadiq Bay and possibly being a stretch four?
3: Yeah, so I've heard, honestly, every, I talked to somebody the other day, and he's like, he, I, I've heard a trade rumor about every single team in the top 10. And so um, everybody's looking to move um, in, in terms of, you know, getting rid of contracts to, um, with the picks. I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything specifically about it. I'm sure it's being discussed. Um teams just don't love anybody in this draft. So it's certainly possible. And I'm telling you every single team is talking trade. Uh, Sadiq Bey, um, A lot to like about Sadiq Bay. I, I wouldn't take him at number eight. I mean, if we're talking about you probably won't be there at 27. So you'd probably have to trade up for him uh, from 27. Bay, obviously his body is really impressive. And like you said, stretch four. I don't like him as a three. I question whether or not he's guarding wings around the perimeter. He's a bit slower Slow. footed, yeah. But um, but I think pretty perfect uh, stretch four type in today's league. Of course, forty six percent from downtown. The shot looked pretty good.
2: Love
3: it. Um, much better off the catch than off the dribble. Twenty nine percent on pull ups. And so I question with Bay what else translates other than his shot. And I talked to one. Most scouts have been pretty positive on him. The one who played devil's advocate who wasn't very high on him was like, well, he's a system player at Villanova that makes everybody better, that team. And if his shot's not on, like, what's he doing? He's not really putting pressure on you, driving to the basket. Um, I don't think he's going to be a plus defender. I think he can hold his own against power forwards. But if his shot's not on, I'm not really sure what he brings to the table. I, I think that's a little harsh, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's a good decision maker. He actually graded really well in pick-and-roll situations, not really as a passer, but mostly he used his body well to, to get downhill on, on drives. Um, but he's a really high character guy. Everybody raves about him in terms of interviews and locker room stuff, and, and just uh, being a good person and coming from a good background. And of course, all these Villanova kids um, get rave reviews. Yeah, but, they turn um, out to I,
2: be pretty decent pros. You know, you see Bridges taking that step up, Jalen Brunson doing his thing. Yeah, um, Pascal, Pascal with the Warriors doing his thing as well.
3: Yeah, I think people see a good, a nice little role player. Nobody that you'd reach on but I think if you can get him in the mid to to late first round, I think that's a fine pick.
2: Yeah. Yeah, my guy Joe uh, calling in from Yonkers. He's from Ireland, though, man. By by way of the Emerald Isle. So shout out my guy Joe. Uh, and in terms of of your salary question, the Knicks should absolutely be players in terms of taking on you know dead contracts, um, reclamation projects. You know, weaponize the cap. We're not we're not getting any of these top tier free agents. So I think they need to be smart with the cap and continue to uh, build. Let's let's build some prospects up for that Cade Cunningham blockbuster trade, man. I think that's what it's going to take. So. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, let's go to Shaolin. Louis with us. Louis, how you feeling, man?
6: Hey, CP John. What's up, fellas? How's everything going?
2: What's going on, bro? What's your what's your uh, your topic?
6: Uh, real quick, I just wanted to discuss. You know, um, later earlier this week, uh, SMYCB put out a post uh, with, with a crazy trade scenario talking about Chris Paul. And I'm open to trading for Chris Paul, but I'm not open to giving it up, the whole roster for Chris Paul, plus draft picks. So, you know, they were talking about Bobby Portis, Alfred Payton, Kevin Knox, Frank, and a future first-round pick. And my thing is, with that trade, if we're trading up all those players and future picks and we're taking back that huge salary in CP3, um, I just I can see that handcuffing us in the future when trying to round out our roster. Um, so I just want to see your thoughts on the CP3 trade. Um, I'm, I would like to have CP3 on our team. I think he'll be great in the development of RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, the two corner pieces that I want to build around. But at the same time, that salary, that, um, that contract really scares me moving forward. Uh, so I'll let you guys go. Um big fan of the show keep it up everybody hit that thumbs up hit that thumbs up button there. for your boys and, um,
2: you have a good night all right Louie appreciate it man. We're over a thousand people in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys um hit that thumbs up hit that thumbs up there you go yeah going, man fellas? absolutely bro take care um <sighs> listen Jonathan, man i i would I would love the c p three trade obviously with the season that he's had you know he was outstanding and and you know. Who to potential trade partners out there? Whether it's Milwaukee or you know so on. I think the price is going up. So I don't you know it's it just seems like same old Knicks man. If, if you're gonna tell me that the Knicks are now gonna trade potential draft prospects, a young guy to take on a CP three with eighty million dollars left, that Hammy's gonna go at some point, man. He's thirty five, thirty six. Something's gonna happen, man. He had a he had an aberration type of season in terms of injuries. Give me your thoughts on it.
3: I mean, the whole point of getting Chris Paul would be to make, like, the young guys better. So you can't give up Frank and Knox and your picks if you're going to get – what's the point? Right. Uh, I mean, I I see how it could, you know, give the Knicks some credibility. Um, I could see, of course, he'd help RJ and and Mitch, but I wouldn't give up picks. Um, I don't know what picks they were talking about in in the proposed deal. I wouldn't give up. I think it was one of the
2: Dallas ones, and that's one I definitely would not – Part of the twenty twenty one. I definitely would not touch the twenty twenty one, especially with Kristaps. You know, paper mache over in Dallas it could be worth, <laughs> could be very uh, uh, worthwhile that pick.
3: That's true, and, that, and I'm I'm excited about the ne- the next couple year drafts. And uh, again, I mean, like I would want Chris Paul to come here and make Kevin Knox into something, and and help turn Frank into like a good combo guard who could play off the ball more, and yeah, to to give them up for him. I just—it it seems like counterproductive. Um, I see both sides. I see why you could want Chris Paul after everything the Knicks have been through over the past how many years with the point guard play, but um, not for me.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I agree, man. Definitely agree. You got time for one more call? Yeah. All right, let's go with it. Let's go to—we got to we gotta go to my guy in Florida. His name is Jay, but we call him the Anti Halliburton. Jay, what's going <laughs> on, man?
5: Man. Uh, Man, John, man, what's, he, what's up, man? Run it up, man. Run, run it up. You hit hit the that thumbs button, up button
2: for your you, know, boys. Hit the subscribe
5: button. Listen, if you're telling me that the Knicks would trade up for Halliburton, bro, I don't think I'll watch <laughs> Knicks ever again, bro. I'll give them, I'll, I'll redig my, my fan card. Never again will I watch the team, bro. I just do not see it, brother. I don't see Halliburton being anything but a solid role player. I'm good. No, no, I'm good. I'm um, out. But my main thing is, like, you're saying that a lot of these players from eight to fourteen just okay, right? So why don't the Knicks just trade up? Let's get Lamelo in the building. Let's get Anthony Edwards in the building. Tips with Anthony Edwards might be something special. Let's not try to trade for CP3 and and these vets that don't have nothing left. Use the pick that you got, the 21 pick. Use the pick that you got. Let's try to see if we can trade up for Lamelo, Anthony Edwards. Go big or go home. It's no point in, in just driving another role player. We need some actual talent. How do you – do you think it's possible that that, that they they might trade up? Do you think something that might happen? And I take it off the
2: air. CP, holler at me. All right, man. Appreciate it, Jake.
3: Yeah, so I think they're definitely going to try. Like, they're going to make – they're going to talk to Golden State. They're going to talk to Minnesota. I don't know what what Minnesota or Golden State are going to ask for. And I'm sure the first call from Minnesota or Golden State are going to be like, okay, you got to give me Mitchell Robinson. I'm sure the Knicks are going to be – Hesitant to do that, considering he's the only sure thing on the roster, and it's not like Lamelo Ball is like I mean, he, Lamelo is my number one prospect. He's been number one on my board from November, but he, he's not a typical number one. Like I, I don't have the same level of confidence in Lamelo Ball as I do for my previous number ones on my board, and so I, I mean, I, don't, I think there's a little bit uh, a reluctance to to say that Lamelo is is the type who can turn the franchise around, and to give up the only sure thing on the roster. I just I have trouble. Seeing the Knicks trading Mitch to go after Lamelo, who who you know struggles with shooting and defense, and and uh, honestly, I, I I go back and forth in my head of like should the Knicks do that if they do ask for Mitch to get Lamelo, I almost think that I probably would do it um, just because I think it's a gamble worth taking. I don't I don't think I don't think Mitchell Robinson is the type who's going to change everything for the Knicks, mm-hmm. um, and Lamelo has a chance to change the identity, change the way they play. Again, make create shots, get the offense flowing, which they just never have before. But I just don't see the Knicks. I just don't see new the new front office coming in and being willing to take such a gamble like that.
2: Um, with Edwards, I'm hearing another you know motor issue with him. Is that what you're hearing with the scouts you speak to?
3: There are a lot of guys low on Edwards, and I still mm. think he's going to go early in the draft, but um, man, some of the the worries with edwards in, in terms of these background checks like all these scouts have had to do for the past couple months is background checks it's, there's only right. so many times you can watch these games they've made like a 100 calls to family members to friends to the guy who served them a sandwich at the deli like <laughs> anyone that's been in contact with these guys to get a feel for who they are and there's so much negative feedback on edwards having said that he's clearly a ridiculous talent mm-hmm, 6'5 mm-hmm. 225 explosive amazing shot creator shot maker from all three levels um but his team finished 13 to 14 in the SEC, um, and uh, he just there's a lot of bad habits on the floor. Like his shot selection is terrible. He has a really bad feel for the game. I actually think I, I think the Knicks should want no part of Anthony Edwards just based on their current roster. I think Edwards needs to go to a team that already has a culture and discipline yeah. and veterans to keep him in check, because there's so much of his game that's just like pound the ball for 20 seconds and launch a 35 foot pull up, and that's his game. And, yeah, he can make that shot, but that's kind of what he lives on. And, you know, like I saw a stat the other day with Edwards. I try try not to ramble, but Mm -hmm. 78 guys took as many pull-ups as he did, and he finished 75th
4: in terms of percentages.
3: Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, he's just just not a very efficient player to go to a team that has no real talent to play off. But, yeah, he's talented. I think everyone's hoping he's Donovan Mitchell or Oladipo. Um, But uh, I just don't think he's right for the Knicks.
2: This thing is gonna be a crapshoot, man. But Jonathan, I definitely appreciate you coming on and giving us some time. You're a busy guy, so I definitely appreciate it. Um just let the fans know if you what you're working on and, and uh where they can find you on Twitter.
3: Yeah, I'm at NBA Draft Was on Twitter. We're just trying to get creative, you know, with this with content. I know we've been talking about the same guys for like seven years, it feels <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can talk about LaMelo <laughs> ball for. But uh, you know, we're finding new ways to get creative. I'm talking to a lot of teams. That's really the most interesting thing is is what we're hearing. And right now everyone's kind of exchanging information. Everybody wants to trade information um, and, and and hear new things and, and what everyone's thinking. And so that's you know, I'm trying to play in that game. It's a lot of fun uh, to listen to and I can't believe there's still like five more weeks to go. But uh, maybe with workouts, we'll have some new things to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, you know, keep tuned in. The draft conversation never really shuts
2: off. Yeah, man, we'll definitely be tuned in and uh, appreciate all the coverage. Hopefully free agency time. You'll you'll come back and join us, man. Thanks again. I'm, I'm in. All right, man. That's Jonathan Wasserman with Bleacher Report. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We are at... 1,062. We need to get those likes up. Let's get those likes up. 1,062 people here in the chat. NBA Draft Q&A going on. The season is over, but they want to hear that next talk. They want to hear that next talk, so definitely suits everybody in the chat. Um, Tonight's show is sponsored by my friends at Manscaped. Fellas, you got to make sure that you're taking care of the lawn, man. Manscaped is the number one men's grooming tool below the belt. Comes with a state-of-the-art design, a ceramic blade, uh, LED light, wireless charger, Extra long battery life. You can use it in the shower. It's also waterproof. And on tonight's show, for our viewers, if you go to manscaped.com and enter promo code NYX on your purchase, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. So it's a great deal. Uh, a lot of guys have been tapping into this deal. I don't need to hear the success stories. Just go ahead and get the product. It's uh, it's certified, man. I, I trust it. And uh, make sure you guys go to manscaped.com, promo code NYX, and enter for 20% off and free shipping. All right. So that was uh, Jonathan watchman of Bleacher Report. Definitely appreciate the time, Jonathan. Let me go back to the phones. Let's hear from 2. 2, what's going on? Hello? Hello? Yeah, what's going on, man? How's everything? What's, yeah. what's your topic?
7: c p oh man, my first time- uh hey, man, I'm much props to you this show, I love it, no doubt, no doubt Kept keeping me going through this corona
2: hello, yep <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm still here, bro, I'm still here, go- ahead with your point
7: oh I couldn't oh, I couldn't hear you, okay, <laughs> hey, yeah, I got two things I wonder how they, why everybody killing uh Kevin Knox so bad here, man, like he just. That suck. It's David Fizdale that caused his problems here, and now we stood this long for Frank Millerkina for four years. We can't give Kevin Knox a little, a little leeway here.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, listen, with Knox, it's not just Fizz, He's on. He's on his third. He's gonna be on his third coach with Thibodeau. Um, In three years, there's been questions about his motor. You know, you you heard Jonathan talking about uh, uh, Jaden McDaniels and and Anthony Edwards in terms of them just keeping their heads in the game. I think those same issues have have followed Knox from Kentucky. Um, So, again, uh, uh, up and down rookie year, a worse sophomore year. So we're trying to figure out where Kev stands right now. I thought he was doing good. And I thought he was doing a little good until uh,
7: his – Fisdale started to worry about his job and decided he wanted to start yelling at him and doing some coaching. And I think that's what shot his confidence. But I think he should be all right, especially since we stood this long for Frank. We all hated Frank in the first couple of years, too. Yeah, that's I have true. A tra- I got a free agent thing for you I wanted to see for you. Uh, now, the next on the bag got Brandon Ingram and Joe Harris.
2: So I think, I don't think Ingram is realistic. Um, Harris, who knows? We'll see. I got to see. What does KD, what do the Nets have up their sleeve in terms of um, the upgrade appreciate the call, man. What are the Knicks what do the Nets have up their sleeve in terms of upgrade and how does that impact Joe Harris? What will the salary cap be? What do they feel like Joe Harris's market price will be? Um, what they what they've said, you know, they said all the right things, they want to bring him back. They definitely want to bring him back. I think, you know, just speaking objectively, I think he'd be a great um role player alongside Katie and Kyrie. He'd be excellent. I think Joe Harris is a needed piece for the Nets if they want to move forward. But I would take him. I would love to take him on this Nick team. There's no doubt about it. I've, I've been a, a big fan of Joe Harris for a number of years now. He stepped his game up big time. Uh, give credit to Kenny Atkinson and the Nets for, um, you know, developing him. And and he's certainly done well. So uh, let, let, let's see what happens there. Who else we got in the chat, man? So to everybody in the chat, once again, over 1,000 people in here. Um, it's, it's a, it's a good time. Let me salute the super chats. Uh, let me get to Vlad. He says, oh, he, he had a question for, for Jonathan Watchman. He says, who do you think is a sleeper in the draft, uh, that you predict will be a future perennial all-star. So we'll definitely have to, uh, shoot that out to Watchman and, and hopefully we'll get that back to you. Royal Hebrew says, why are we tripping about Hazel Lewis when 2021 is loaded with point guard talent? Work with what we have finally and see where we are next draft. Again, with me. Not point guard or bust, but I think one of these three picks should be should be a guy that we can take in to develop. I can't, I can't fix myself on ne- what next year is going to bring because you just don't know. You first have to get through the year. What's your record going to be? What's your lottery positioning going to be? And is there a better player that you like at that whatever spot that is? So I just don't think you could say, all right, look, you know, next year's crop is bigger. It's the same thing for me, like going after free agents. You just can't guarantee yourself that you're going to get that person. Now, Cade Cunningham obviously is the guy, you know, but would they be able to package up everything and, and go get him? Or is that team that's going to be sitting in the number one slot focused on getting him? So it's a lot, a lot of things to consider. It's a lot of things to consider. So personally, I would go into the draft and get one, even if they're not going to be ready day one, or they're still going to yeah. need some time to develop. You know, I I personally would do that because you you now telling me that we have to rely on the development of all these kids, including Frank, including DSJ, including you know you guys bring up Jared Hop in the G League. I just don't think it's realistic to think that. A lot of these guys are, are going to be here playing prominent roles on this team. I think we actually need to shake out some of the excess on this team and, and really drill down on what we're trying to do. Um, shout out Gary Legend for the super chat. He says, where would you put RJ if he was in this year's draft? Where would you guys put RJ if he was in this year's draft? It's an interesting uh, question. You know, third? Is he ahead of Edwards? Is he behind Edwards? Ahead of LaMelo, behind LaMelo? I still think, i still put RJ within the top five of this draft. For sure. I, w- I would definitely do that. You know, you guys are sour on RJ, man. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tyler Hero from the Heat. Uh, got you guys souring on RJ, man. I still got faith in the Maple Mamba. Still got faith in him. If they put a proper roster together. So let's see. You know, one of the things that um put the Knicks at an advantageous position is that it's all about options, man. If you guys have heard the um interview that I did with Brandon Williams, the former GM of the um the former GM of the of the Kings, you know, and we talked about, you know, what the Knicks should be doing in the draft or uh, you know what they should be doing in free agency, you say you know what it's not about locking in on one guy, but it's about having options and that's what the Knicks have they have a ton of draft picks they have a ton of cap space so they can be players in a lot of different scenarios like Jonathan said on this on the, on the broadcast you know they they definitely have a lot of 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 uh moves lined up a lot of transactions lined up and you have to because you just don't know what's going to be available to you you don't know what's what's going to be finalized at the negotiation table so you know you you have to have those options you have to have those options um let's go back to the chat a lot of people saying uh rj clear number one in this draft somebody said rj seven easy number one clear number one Ben Showmion says four, yeah. I think RJ will be right there. I don't, I don't, you know, see why you, know, people sour on him as it relates to this draft. Uh, I wouldn't see that. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. One thousand five in the chat. I wonder if we should do a giveaway, man. A lot of people are feeling this fitted, man. Who wants this fitted? Who wants this fitted? This is an NBA draft fitted for twenty twenty. Maybe we'll give this one away. Let, let's give, not this one on my head, obviously. I mean, my, my hair is clean. I'm a clean guy, boy. Um, let's do let's do that giveaway. Dave, if you have the uh, mailing list form, make sure you guys are signing up for the mailing list. Very important that we keep your, your information offline. We don't sell it or anything. It's just for information purposes. Uh, Dave, if you can get that form in the, in, the, uh, in the chat, let's do a giveaway in a couple minutes, and we'll give away this draft hat. We got 1,000 people in the chat. So let's give away this this uh this draft hat. Other news that has come um out today, matter of fact, a couple things. As I said earlier, Shams had reported that um the draft in-person workouts are kicking off starting on the 16th. So uh teams will be able to schedule up to 2 Sessions per prospect, no more than 10 total sessions for all prospects. All right. So we had the, um, we had the, the virtual sessions. We had the, the mixtape, the guys are making their mixtapes. And so now they're going to do the in-person session from October 16th to November 16th. And those teams will be receiving up to two visits per player, no more than 10 total among prospects. All right. So what do you guys think? Give me three guys who you feel like, who, who would be the first three guys? That was a question that was posed to me earlier today. Who would be the first three prospects you would bring in if you were the Knicks? Who would be the first three prospects that you guys would bring in? What do you guys think about that? So that's going to kick off this week. So, hey, listen, it's five weeks away, but things are going to pick up pretty fast. Things are going to pick up pretty fast. Another article from The Athletic, this is from John Hollinger, says that free agency uh, could potentially start December 1st. So you have the draft on November 18th, and you have free agency on the 1st. So things are going to pick up quite quickly. That means... You know, because all these teams are f- trying to factor in how the salary cap is going to impact them. That means they feel like the, they're going to determine the salary cap by early to mid-November. Early to mid-November is when they anticipate the salary cap will be set. And then teams will know, okay, how am I going to draft, right? Is a Golden State, if the, if the cap is too low, do they get concerned financially and really want to trade back now? Because remember, um, there's a rookie scale per draft pick, so obviously the, the further to the top you get, the more money that rookie's gonna make. So a team like a Golden State, there's a lot of cap implications uh, for a team like that, you know. But Golden State also has a lot of flexibility as well because they had the Wiggins contract that they could dangle out there. They have seventeen million dollars in the Iguodala trade exception. So Golden State has some, some room to maneuver. Golden State has some room to maneuver. <laughs> um, so you have that, right? Salary cap in November, draft November 18th, free agency December 1st. Start of the season. They think the schedule will be made sometime in December. They're aiming for January 18th, MLK Day, to start next season. Obviously, the three objectives, says John Hollinger, for next season in terms of uh, creating a schedule, reducing travel, play 82 games in less time, and reduce COVID-19 exposure. Obviously, they want to do all this with some sort of fans in the building, right? That that obviously increases revenue. Clearly, that's what they want. They don't want to do it without fans. So, they're banking on a lot of things, a lot of unknowns right now. So those are the, some of the dates. And he also proposes, he says, uh, you could potentially play 82 games by having each team play eight games against division opponents, four games against each other teams in its conference, and a total of just 10 non-conference games, five home, five on the road, and a quick sweep through the division. So the schedule's gonna be different next season. A lot of changes, a lot of changes. So that's very interesting. Um, What else we got here? I'm going to make sure Dave is uh, passing out the mailing list. Make sure you guys uh, sign up for that. And we'll get the, the giveaway going. Let's check the phones. JJ from Brooklyn. How you feeling, bro?
4: Yo, what up, bro? How's everything, man? Hope everything's going good, man.
2: Good, man. How you feeling?
4: Good, good. Thanks. So, uh... Yeah, I just want to make a couple quick points. One was with uh, Obi Toppin. In a way, I could see why the Knicks would think about drafting him just because I think it's a really good fit next to Mitch. They both basically do something well that the other doesn't. You know, Mitch could cover his defensive flaws where, you know, Toppin could, you know, he could post up, stretch the floor, two things that Mitch hasn't shown he could do yet. You know, like, I don't think we have to take a point guard at 8, even at 27. You know, if you told me we were going to get a Vassell and – a Bane or you know an A Smith and a Bane like I would be really happy with that. I just I just don't want them to trade out. This isn't the draft to trade you know to the top three. Yeah. Save your picks you know save you know for next year's draft is you know don't trade that our pick obviously don't even trade the Mavs pick. You know I see people that are like this trade the Mavs pick it's going to be the thirtieth pick. I'm like I totally disagree. I can see that pick being. It wouldn't shock me if that yeah. pick was in the teens. You know KPs already you know, hurt again. They're in a, you know, they're in a loaded Western Conference, you know, so just keep your picks. Just keep building this thing the right way. Don't trade for Chris Paul. Don't trade up in this draft. Just keep building this thing, man. Yeah. You know, I, that's it. Appreciate it, man. I'm appreciate it, bro.
2: One. Appreciate it, bro. And and I agree with you. Um, Number one, I don't think they're going to trade up. I don't think they're going to trade up for LaMelo, even if it's cheap. I don't, I don't see them going that route Um, for LaMelo. And um, on Toppin, I would take Toppin if he's there. I would take Toppin. Because I still think right. they're gonna try to trade Randall. Will they get him off? d we'll see. But I still do think they're gonna try to trade Randall. And I would I would definitely take Toppin. I'm I'm not as right. uh uh low on him as as uh as some of the naysayers. I would definitely take him. I respect his game a lot. So right. salute to JJ. Definitely appreciate the call. Make sure you sign up for the uh for the giveaway, bro. All right, let's go to um Meach in Queens, big Meach, what's going on, bro? Yo, what's up, DP Nick Nation? How you
8: feeling, what's bro? What's How's up? everything? How you doing, man? I I I live in Queens Village, but I recently moved to Jamaica, the island.
1: So you got
2: fans out here in Jamaica, man. Of course, of course I got fans out there in yeah, Jamaica, man. man. Big up all the yard men then, man. Of course. No question, bro. No question. Where where in Jamaica are you, bro?
8: In Kingston, in Kingston.
2: Okay, that that's what's up, man. That that's what's up, hey man. I'm I'm jealous. I got a lot of family out there in Kingston too, man. So hopefully, when when uh when the virus <laughs> subsides, I'm, I'm trying to get out there immediately, bro. Trust me. So yeah, definitely. What what's your point tonight? Yeah, and the COVID
8: is not the COVID is not that high out here as it is in the state.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. So so what's the topic uh, for tonight? Oh,
8: so what what what? Yeah. What I wanted to talk to you about was um the, the the Phoenix Suns, man, they
1: seem like they're not gonna have a lot of money to spend and they wanna get rid of Kelly Ubre because of the emergence of uh Cam Johnson. So I think they were trying to package uh Kelly
6: Ubre in the tenth pick. You think we can get that without uh giving up R J Mitch or the eighth
2: pick? I mean, I, I wouldn't be trading RJ Mitch or any or any pick to, to go get Kelly Ubre. Appreciate the call, but um Listen, if there's a swap to be made for 8 and 10 and, and maybe some other considerations by Phoenix and you're going to get Kelly Oubre out of that, I would look into that. Uh, I would certainly look into it. You know, that that's a deal I would look into, that type of salary um, exchange. You know, I, w- I would certainly look into that. But no, they wouldn't have to trade RJ Mitch for that. They're certainly not. Definitely not. So to everybody in Jamaica one more time, man, everybody in the chat, throw your cities in the chat, throw your cities in the chat, be honest, no Icelands, no Antarcticas, no Wakandas in the chat, throw your cities in the chat, and uh, let me know where you guys are checking in from, also if you guys are new in the chat, leave a hashtag new so we can shout you guys out, everybody feeling Jamaican here, the chat is going crazy, my chat is going crazy, I can barely even read it. Yeah, man. Salute, salute to Jamaica for sure. All right. Back to the phones. My guy, Zay from Maryland. Zay, talk to me, bro. How you feeling?
9: What's going on, CP? It's been a long time. How you been?
2: Yeah, man. Long time, bro. Ho- hope you're being safe with all that's going on, man. Hope everything is well down there.
9: Yeah, man. Just staying out the way. You know how it
2: goes.
9: hmm But um, I had a topic. Uh, well, not really a topic. I see a lot of people just sending out all types of fleecing draft like, requests and... You no, know, we're going after every team's top player for the Knicks uh, I don't know why I think the smartest move for the knicks that they they most likely would do. I think we're staying pat we're not we're not doing any splashy moves this year. It makes no sense. I think this is the most inconsistent um off season of like in a while, so I don't think they're gonna make any 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 moves. I think they're probably just gonna stay pat, bring back a majority of the players from last year and pretty much focus on developing the young guys with whatever shooters we have. Um, I think that's the smartest idea just because, you know, we do have shooters. We've had shooters, a lot of uh, career shooters we we had on the team last year. The problem is (laughs) that they were never put in the right position. There's no reason why uh, some of the players were bringing the ball down the court and stuff like that. So I think they're going to focus on just playing better basketball, smarter basketball this season, season coming. And we're not going to go after no big free agents because there's nobody out there. Uh, as far as the draft, same thing. I don't think I don't think that we're going to do any big trade ups or trade downs or do any, any craziness. Um, I think it's just best player available. The the, the 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 talent across the whole draft isn't like the margin of talent isn't that great where you're going to trade up or down for a player. Um, I think it's all about best player available and fit. And uh, so I mean I think it's it's going to be a very straightforward off season. So I mean, I hear a lot of fans like throwing out all types of trades, and and it's just it's crazy. But I, I don't I don't think that's gonna happen though. That's, that's just my opinion on it.
2: All right, I appreciate the call, man. I, I mean, my take is like I said yeah. from when I from Ian Begley, what he was saying was that they're gonna they're gonna compete. I mean, you know, when I say compete, I want to be careful by saying I obviously no player, but they're gonna push. To 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 be a respectable team out there. So, you're, You think they're gonna bring back all these free agents? I don't. I think they will keep Taj. Um, I think they will definitely keep Bullock. I think he's the most valuable piece they have from a contract perspective. He's de- You know, dirt cheap. And I hate to say that. You know, they gotta make money. But it's a, it's a very favorable deal for them in terms of his production and usage as well. Um, but I do think with the cap space they have, they will go out and go get more of those one-year deals, those one-year balloon contracts. And I think that's how they should be using the cap. They should be either taking on a contract that the team can't afford, but that, a guy that's still going to help the team, or use that, do a MOOC type of deal because they can afford to do it. And maybe you have a guy like a MOOC that helps your team in the short run that you can then flip and get another draft pick. So I think those are ways that they can go ahead and use the cap. I do think the the Chris Paul stuff is real in terms of interest. How much they will, you know, bend in terms of price, we'll see. I do think the Chris Paul stuff is real. I told you guys about the Conley stuff. I do think that is real in terms of their interest in going after a guy like that. Um, I'm hearing now the Oladipo talk is real. Uh, Macri had mentioned it. I believe uh, Berman had mentioned it as well, and now I'm hearing it. I heard that just today from my source that the Oladipo interest is real. So it's it's a lot there, man. It's a lot there, but again, it just goes back to having options, having options in this off season. You know, Oladipo, I wouldn't I wouldn't go for it. But I believe that you know there's a price. There's a price, and and I think they're not gonna overpay for them. But I think that they they would be interested. Uh, I think they I think they will be interested. So again, it, it's all about options. But I do think that this roster is gonna get a bit of a turnover. I do think this roster is gonna get a bit of a turnover. Yes, they did bring in Ellington. They did bring in Bullock. Um, they did bring in the three point shooters. Uh, just uh, a lot of it didn't work. But I think a lot of it was you, you just didn't start off properly. You know, with the lineup of a Peyton and RJ and Mook and Randall, you know, y- you weren't going to utilize your shooters in the best way with that lineup. It just was not optimal based on the individual pieces that you had. So we 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 shall see what happens there. We, we shall see what happens there. But um yeah, you know what I'm hearing on the Ola Depot topic is that he wants out what will be the price for a guy who's in his lame duck free agent year you know what will be the market for Ola Depot it's going to be interesting I'm not in, I'm not you know very much I'm not really interested in him to be honest. You know that Stephen A. meme on Twitter where he's like real stone faced. You know that that no reaction? That would be my reaction to getting in Depot, But again, if you're gonna get him on the cheap, I guess. I, I'm not a big fan of trading for a guy that's gonna be a free agent anyway. Because you're gonna give up assets and then if you plan to keep him, you gotta pay him. You know, that that's a double that's a double price. That's a double cost right there. So uh certainly interesting. What do you guys think in the chat? I'm seeing a lot of no Ola Depot. Yeah, I'm definitely uh against it, but I'm hearing it. I think that the, the interest is real. The, the interest is definitely real. Let's go to ATL. My guy Lee Roy in the building. What's going on, bro? Hey CP, how you doing, Chief? Good man. How's
6: everything?
8: Hey Going good, man. Things going good. Man, wait a minute. Don't give up any assets,
6: please, please,
8: please. CP, I don't think people understand this. This draft is definitely being undervalued by mistake due to the fact that without an NCAA tournament, you couldn't see most of these players play. That's that's number one. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the draft prospects have had a development period that the NBA draft has never had before. These players have had time to develop that they never had before. We need to go up players. We really need to good up players. There hasn't been any Portsmouth rotational. There hasn't been no Chicago pre-draft. And, and any caller talks about trading Mitch and RJ has got to be insane. That's crazy. Yeah. RJ, I think RJ was undervalued the entire year. This rookie kid who's young had all this pressure on him scoring, and we didn't have a veteran that was consistent anywhere on that roster. So we got. I think we really got more going for us this year than we ever had before, because we have the opportunity to really, really put together some good assets and do some good development for the first time in maybe, maybe 20 years. What do you think, Chief?
2: I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. We got to be patient. I don't think they're gonna make any any rush, panic moves in this draft. I, I think they're gonna keep it simple. Yeah. I don't see them going to trade up trade down I'm not a fan of trade down I'm not to to be honest I feel like if there's a guy that a team wants at 8 you know why aren't we taking that guy at 8 we need everything you know what I mean we're we're not like a golden state that can afford to do something like that we don't have any talent on this team we need everything so if there's a guy a team likes at 8 I don't see why I'm gonna pass on him to let him have him especially if if it's in my division we're talking about a Boston so I would just pick we got three picks in this draft Maybe, as Wasserman said, maybe you go twenty seven thirty eight and you try to jump up to, to get Lewis or whoever you want. Right. But I, other than that, I don't see them jumping up from eight, and I'm not so sure on the trade down either.
8: And, and, and another thing, one more thing, is, you know, we're judging the Knicks by the pass, and there's nobody in that front office from the pass. We don't have anybody in it from the past. Well, Perry, Perry's
2: there. You know, Perry's there. Perry's going
8: into his third year.
2: Consistent development coaches. Wait, wait, one more time. Say that last point again, Leroy. I I lost that that last point.
8: Yeah, this is the first time we've had development coaches and consistent a consistent team of development coaches in probably twenty years for the ball players that we have. I think. This is the first time we've seen a team of coaches inside our structure to help develop ball players. I, I don't think people are taking a good look at that. We can't judge things based on what's happened in the past. Nobody's there.
2: Yeah, but the um, the only thing I'll, I'll I'll disagree with you on, the one constant is Dolan. You know, <laughs> Dolan is there. And, and when the team starts losing, the fan base starts getting tight. You know, he's got to let Rose and he's got to let Rose do his thing, leave Rose alone and let him operate. And if you're Rose, you got to understand that if you start making some herky jerky mortgage the future, you know, you make this Chris Paul trade, depending on the price, you you could set your your rep back, your reputation back a little bit with the fan base. You know, if you're going to go get Paul, you know, it better be for, for a bargain. And I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, because I think despite what Milwaukee saying of not being of interest, I think they will be of interest and try to get them Philly on Chris Paul. I'm not so sure. You know, um, I'm not so sure on Philly with Chris Paul. There was talk that him and Doc Rivers never got along. So does that factor into play for some of you? I'm not sure. And I would also say that um, there's other teams. Would the Clippers be interested in a, in a uh, reunion? One thing about Chris Paul that I don't think we're talking about enough is, does Chris Paul even want to come here? You know, does Chris Paul at this stage in the game say, I just want I want to play for something? You know, are, are we overlooking that? I think we're just assuming the fact that, you know, Leon Rose was his agent and and this is New York. What if Chris Paul says, hey, I want to go play for something? Send me to Milwaukee. Send me to Philly. I'll I'll get along with Doc. Send me back to LA. You know, I, I think we're 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 jumping the gun a little bit based on the hype and speculation, but I think he should go play for it. I would love to have him here. Don't don't get me wrong. I'd love to have him here for all the, the positives that we had listed, but as a fan of his, I also think that at his age, he's come so close to reaching the finals. I think he should go play for it. You know, I think he should go play for it. Take a look at the the numbers, man. Um, between the on-off numbers of Schroeder, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and uh, Stephen Adams. When Chris Paul was on the court as opposed to off. I mean, it, it it's MVP caliber. It's it's MVP quality, man. You know this, the, his impact on that team. Like I said, this was a lottery team before he got there. So his impact on the Thunder is 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 ridiculous. What what he got them to, you know it's ridiculous where you got him to. So salute to him. Um, Dave should be throwing around. We got the mailing list going around. I'm going to give away this hat. The one, one lucky winner is going away with this hat. We're going to do the drawing in a couple minutes. Let's get the 500 likes. We're at 386. Everybody right now, hit that like button. Very important. Let YouTube know this is number one show for the fan by the fan. John Talento says, CP, it's not his call. He's on the contract. Yes. But you know, stars in this league, um, the, I, I think the Thunder will, will if they are wanting, if they are motivated to trade him, I do think that they would consult him. I do think that. Just just a guess. Just a guess. Yes, he doesn't have a choice per se, but I do think that, that they would consult with him, potentially, uh, on where he wants to go. You know, they already have a bevy of assets already. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we shall see, man. All right, let's go to um, another call. Let's go to Joe from Ohio. Joe, how you feeling, man? I'm good, man. How you doing, dude? Good, man. What's your points today?
8: Um, yeah, I want to throw a trade over to you, man. You know, see, see what you think about this. I saw, I, saw, uh, I think I'm news reporter, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But uh, get, I'm kind of higher on Julius Randle than most people. Mm-hmm. But getting Julius Randle over to um, uh, Phoenix, right, mm-hmm. uh, and, and some balancing of their roster. They got, you know, they got tons of shooters and whatnot. But getting Julius Randle over to Phoenix, and then um, getting back uh, Kelly Oubre. It sounds like they're trying to get get off of him because uh, they play best in the bubble without him. And then uh, swapping our the twenty-seven for their ten, so they can get obviously less on the uh, cap and whatnot, um, but, and, and kind of. Still, get somebody who can be rugged and, and down there with what with, yeah. uh, Aiden, man. And obviously, have, give him a little bit more flexibility to their roster with all those shooting, all that stuff. So,
2: yeah, so you're so saying, say,
8: man, you're doing a great job, dog. Keep it up, man. Uh, us as Knicks fans, we love
2: you, you. appreciate it, P- appreciate it, man. Definitely appreciate it. So, you're saying Julius and 27 for Ubre and 10. Did he hang up? Yeah, I think he, I think I lost it. Julius and twenty-seven for Oubre and ten. What do you guys think about that in the chat? Julius and twenty seven for Oubre and ten. It, it'd be interesting. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to give away Randall, man. I, I think I think, you know, a lot of times people think uh you know, I don't like Randall. I like Randall a lot. I think he's a, you think he's a great kid. I think he he came here, he, he works hard. May not be the sharpest tool in to the draw on on both sides of the court, you know, it's a tough game to play. I think the problem with Randall is that he he's playing out of his role. And that dooms a lot of guys that come here. And why and, that, and that's why they they're not successful here a lot of these guys. The same thing with Tim Hardaway Jr. most recently in that you pay these guys a ton of money they come here and they're the number 1 number 2 option ball dominant and that's not their role i think the reason why uh i think the reason why you know he did so well with the pelicans is that he he number 1 is anthony davis's team number 2 is drew holiday you know what I mean? He he, he, he was playing. He didn't have to force the issue. He didn't have to. He didn't have to force the issue. So I'm not just trying to give him away. I want to make sure that you know any trade is going to benefit this team. I like Ubre though. I definitely like Ubre. Ubre in Ten Randall and Twenty Seven. Let's see. Certainly, certainly, be interesting. Be interesting, intriguing trade. I would say that. But yeah, somebody in the, in the chat said uh Suns don't need Oubre. Well, yeah, I mean McCall Bridges is is doing his thing and and now you see Cam Johnson doing his thing as well. So Suns look like um you know they they're, they're going to be doing it. I think having played well in the 90 bubble, seconds Having played well in the bubble, I think uh they're going to look for a more established player, I think to 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 get them over the hump. So Let's see what happens there. All right. Dave should be sending me the list. Make sure you guys join the mailing list. How many entries we got so far? We got, whoa, everybody wants a draft hat tonight. 429 entries. Wow. All right, let's do it. Hit that thumbs up button on for you boys, first off. Let's hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Salute to Jay's official in the chat. Salute to everybody worldwide, wherever you checking in from. Salute to my guy, Jay Cole from St. Louis. Andy checking in from Englewood, New Jersey. We got JC, Honolulu, Hawaii. Josh from San Diego, always checking in. Steve Holler checking in from Phoenix. We have uh, some Dubais in here. Salute to everybody on Team Hashtag New. Uh, let's definitely hit that thumbs up. We're at 424 likes, 1,000 people. We're getting ready to do the giveaway. We're giving away this Knicks Draft hat. Not this one in particular, a fresh one. Um, This is a fresh one that you're going to get. So make sure that you sign up. We're going to do the drawing in two more minutes. We're going to do the drawing in two more minutes, so make sure you get it in so we can give this thing away. Dave just put the link in the chat, so make sure you do that. Make sure you do that. Alright, let's see. Uh let's take a look. Let's let's do my giveaway music. Suit to all the mods. Great to be back on these weekly shows. Once again, thanks a lot, Jonathan Wasserman and Bleacher Report. I think he redeemed himself with the Halliburton stuff. I know a lot of you guys were not too happy with the Halliburton trade rumors, but what he's saying is that um, you know, Halliburton is seen as a safe pick in this draft. So this is what the scouts are saying. You know, not necessarily that the Knicks are interested in him, but that a lot of scouts are high on him because they feel like he is a safer pick. So let's see. Shout out Elias User from Amsterdam. I never got to Amsterdam in my younger days. It was always on the list. Uh, but we got Amsterdam here in New York, so we're good. Um, breakfast, Fordiner, hashtag new salute to breakfast. Speaking of Amsterdam, somebody uh, mentioned Malik Beasley in the chat. Malik Beasley, you know, if Minnesota goes Edwards, what's the price of Malik Beasley on a little trade? Can you sneak him out? He just got into a little uh, uh, trouble with the law. Malik Beasley, I, th- I think he was trying to run some units. I don't know. Let me look at what, what Malik Beasley do. We're going to get to the drawing in a second. So, to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We're at uh, 444. We need 60 more likes. Hit that thumbs up button. If you didn't hit that like button on the video, make sure you get to it. Yeah, Malik Beasley here. uh, Facing felony charges. Let's look at these. uh, Let's look at this report real quick. See what's going on. Malik Beasley here. What the hell is he doing? Felony charges facing felony weapons and drug charges. Felony controlled substance narcotics and felony receiving concealing stolen property. Sounds a little serious. Um Beasley's Police were called to Beasley's residence a day earlier Reported weapons offense Reporting individuals Told officers they had stopped their car In front of the house and a suspect walked up to the Vehicle, tapped on the vehicle window Pointed a gun at him and advised Him to get off the property As the victims drove away the suspect Was was observed Holding the gun up to his shoulder Pointing it at their Vehicle Officers set up a perimeter, to locate the individual, and detected a strong odor of marijuana. Vehicle attempted to leave property was stopped by police. Three people in the car were detained, later released. Man who identified himself as a homeowner was outside yelling at the officers. Now oh, sounds sounds like a mess. It <laughs> sounds like a mess from Malik Beasley, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Sounds a lot more serious than uh <laughs> than a little weed charge, you know. He's out there pointing ratchets. Uh, Listen, hey, you're in the NBA and you you still want to do those things. You know, more power to you. Could never be me. But good good luck to uh, Malik Beasley there. All right, let's get this giveaway going. This is what the people came to see here. All right, let's go. We're going to get this uh, giveaway going. Set the people off right as the Knicks embark on another offseason. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that. Thumbs up button for your boys. What's the chat saying on on this Beasley topic? <laughs> Malik locked up Beasley. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's, he's definitely wiling out yeah man great show everybody once again definitely want to thank jonathan washman of bleacher report thanks to all the mods everybody who tuned in from around the world we appreciate it One thousand people on the check-in Yeah, we did this four weeks in a row people we did this four weeks in a row if you're not entertained i don't know what else to tell you but this is the number one show for the fans by the fans so make sure you tell a friend share these videos Comment on the video in the chat. Comment after the video. Salute to the replay gang. Replay will be coming out later on tonight. And remember, this show is available in audio podcast format: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, uh, uh, iHeart Radio, everywhere. Just search for Nick's Fan TV, and you will never miss another show. And uh, get some merch. Uh, certainly, su- your support is is. Um, Appreciate it. So definitely uh, get some merch. You can get some in the link below. Uh, John Talento, always appreciate it. It's a CP great show. John Talento, always in here. Always in here. And um, salute some more Super Chats before we go. Josh Small says, uh, anything short of playoffs is a failure. That's how you gain credibility. You can develop and still be competitive. Knicks need to build a team in the draft to free agent markets, too. No more excuses. I think they'll push for eight. Uh, I don't think... I don't, I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what the team is that they put together. I think they will push for eight. Will they make that dramatic of a leap in terms of wins? let will see how they respond to tips. But it's going to be a very... Uh, unstable season, too. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Frank Wilson, are we going to play Kenny Wooten? I'd love to see Kenny get some burn. Let's see if, if uh, Tibbs and Co respect him as a, as a suitable backup to, to Mitch or Mitch and Taj as, as a third guy. De- Derek Avery, who do you think is the type of point guard the Knicks should get? Hey, I would take Hayes. I like Kira. I like what I'm seeing and hearing about Malachi Flint. I would certainly look at, at, uh, at those guys. Like Flynn, I, I like Flynn's edge. I, I like Flynn's edge and his approach to the game. I, I like those three. Those would be my, my top three at the point. At, at the point. You know, you still have the combo guards. You have Cole. You have Maxie there as well. Um, I would certainly gamble on it. But the Cole stuff is, is, is interesting, man. The Cole stuff is interesting just in terms of what you're hearing about his attitude and... Um, uh, is that, that's interesting. You know, how humble is, is he going to be at the next level? I, I think he'll have to do that because it seems like, you know, the scouts are very sad on Cole. Chico Fernandez says, I think you guys are underrating Hayes. Halliburton is a good player on a good team. That's how I feel about Halliburton as well. Knicks aren't good. <laughs> Wasserman doesn't really like anybody in this draft. Chris Dada. No to Oladipo. Too many injuries and assets to acquire. I agree with you. Need shooters. Need Smith to Vassell. No to Toppin as well. He would have a bullseye on him on defense from day one. Tibbs would bench him late in games. Time will tell, man. Time, time will tell on Obi. But I definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. Once again, hit that thumbs up button one more time. And uh, we'll be back later on this weekend, man. Check you guys later. Peace.